All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy! You want thingamabobs? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. We This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Another 30-minute uh, or half-hour or whatever you call it, excursion into magical podcastosity. Is, is that a word? Podcastity? Podcastity? Podcast excellence? Well, I don't want to say podcast excellence. It's just me we're talking about here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us once again. It is episode number 29 here at the Magic on a Dollar podcast. And... Of course, last week we did an episode all about Marvel movies. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys kind of listened to that and kind of enjoyed the refresher, the reminder, or maybe it was a brand new thing to you where you learned about the Marvel movies leading up to Infinity War, which I've still only seen one time. I'm trying to get to go see it again. Um, it's funny because when I left my full-time job in 2015 to do this full-time, to do Magic on a Dollar, uh, not podcasting necessarily, but Magic on a Dollar travel planning to help people. By the way, I've helped almost 400, 400 families. Like, I've literally almost sent 400 families to Disney World and to Universal and on cruises and stuff. I'm pretty proud of that, by the way. But um, when I when I did this back in 2015, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'll be able to probably go to a movie maybe once a week, maybe even twice a week. You know, I'll work my schedule out. I'll work some at night so I can kind of carve out some time. And it doesn't happen. It really does not happen. I, I dropped my kid off at uh, at, eight, at 8 o'clock in the morning at school. And so I get home probably around 8.20, 8.25. Uh, I have to go pick him up at 3 o'clock, so I have to leave here around 2.30 or so. From So from about 8.30 to about 2.30, I have all the time I need to do whatever I need to do, and most of that is Disney work. I have a day job, so I, you know, I'm I, this morning I was working on putting packages together for a family, um, literally mail packs for, for families, and I was working on getting some price quotes out for somebody who requested some stuff and making a change in a system, and, you know, all of a sudden I look up and it's noon, and I've got a podcast to do. I've got a podcast to knock out real quick because I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to be gone tomorrow through Monday morning. I'm going to a conference down in Orlando. The conference is called The Thing Live. The Thing, just like the John Carpenter movie of the crazy space alien that likes to absorb and eat people. Uh, fortunately, I don't think any alien or eating of people or anything will be happening at this conference. I, I don't know all the panels. I don't know all the, the speakers. But I'm going to confidently say that no eating of people from a space alien will be happening. But it is called The Thing Live, and uh, put on by a guy named Terry Weaver and a few other guys. I know Terry, he's a, good, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, and he's written a book called Making Elephants Fly. He has a podcast of the same name. It's kind of encouragement, inspirational. He's a, he's a speaker, leader, that kind of thing. And I'm looking forward to the conference. I'll be gone tomorrow through Monday. And so usually I've been, you know, knocking the podcast on Wednesday, podcast out on Wednesday or Thursday, so I'm knocking it out today to have it for you guys tonight or tomorrow and uh, try to get this done. So as a result of that, um, this is going to be a shorter show. We're just going to do some Disney news, knock out some headlines, because we didn't get to do it in last week's Marvel episode. See how I brought that entire conversation around? I talked about Marvel, and then I went on to something else about my day job and how much time I don't have, and then back to Marvel again. But no, I don't have a lot of time during the day like I thought I would. Uh, to do things, I you know, I'm trying to get to go see Avengers again, and it, it's playing at our local theater. Like there's one theater showing it at 10 a.m., one theater showing it at 11, one theater showing it at 12, and I'm thinking I'll get over there to be able to see it before I go pick up my, my my son from school. Not happening. Four days in a row now, four days in a row, including including Friday of last week. So four weekdays in a row, it has not happened. Where I just I've run out of time, and that's what happens every week. But here we are now to talk about 
Disney and Disney World and all that fun stuff and everything. Time is a big deal when it comes to Disney World. That's something I've learned when I'm planning people's trips and going on my own trips. I like to say that time is the enemy of your vacation because you go on your vacation. You know, let's say you have a week at Disney and you get down there on Sunday and it's awesome and exciting. And Monday you're at Magic Kingdom all day. And the Tuesday you're like, you're thinking to yourself, man, it's only Tuesday. It's Tuesday at 12 o'clock. I've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I've got the entire rest of the week to do to, to have fun at Disney World. And all of a sudden it's Thursday and you're like, Man, I've got the rest of today, and I've got all day tomorrow when we leave on Saturday, and suddenly it's Friday night, and you're like, man, it's my last night, and all of a sudden it's Saturday morning, and your trip is over. Time goes by so, so quickly. Time goes by quickly enough because, you know, June 30th is when Toy Story opens, and that's when um, Toy Story Land opens over in, in Epcot, uh, not Epcot, excuse me, Hollywood Studios, and I know we've been talking about Toy Story Land for a while, but it's kind of crazy because, like, a couple of years ago, we heard that Toy Story Land... And Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was coming to Hollywood Studios, and it seems so far off. Well, all of a sudden, Toy Story Land is here. It's a month away, month and a half away. Galaxy Galaxy's Edge, uh, I almost said Galaxy Quest, which, by the way, would be an awesome addition to Disney's Hollywood Studios. But Galaxy Galaxy's Edge for Star Wars is coming next season, next year, and it's, it's here. It's crazy. Toy Story Land will be open on June 30th, and as a result of that, they're actually doing some work on Toy Story Mania. That's the one ride that... Uh, that that's going to be a, the existing ride that's going to be a part of the new Toy Story Land. Uh, and they've built, of course, the Alien Swirling Saucers and the Slinky Dog Coaster. But Toy Story Mania was the one that was there before. Toy Story Mania is one of my three favorite rides. Um, what are your other two favorites, you ask? Well, let me just say, Flight of Passage is probably up there now. So I guess I have four favorite rides. Soren and Epcot and Mickey's Philhar Magic and Magic Kingdom. Those are my other two favorites, but I love Toy Story Mania. So what's been happening is they haven't had Fast Passes. And I think they picked them back up. But Fast Passes have been kind of hard to get uh, for Toy Story Mania. And what you do when you go to Hollywood Studios is you have to go straight there. You go straight to Toy Story Mania because otherwise if you're 5, 10, 15 minutes late after opening, you're looking at an hour wait easy even on slower days. Um, and so what's happening is they're moving the entrance of Toy Story Mania from one side to the other side. So it will actually open up into Toy Story Land. And so follow me here. If you don't aren't that familiar with Hollywood Studios, you walk into the main gates, you go onto the crossroads of the world, which is a kind of a tower with, with a globe and with Mickey on it. You go all the way down the street. There's like an arch there. You go through the arch and you'll be in front of uh, the Voyage of the Little, Mer- Little Mermaid. You take a left there and go down that uh, down that little walkway there. And there is uh, Toy Story Mania, and that's Pixar Place, even though they really haven't done a lot with Pixar. There's a Toy Story uh, Woody and Buzz meet and greet there on your left side, on the right side of Toy Story Mania. Well, as you're walking up, you may notice, oh, on the right side, there are some big gates there, and that's where Toy Story Land is going to be behind those gates. So you'll be able to go in there and actually get into Toy Story Mania. But they're going to close it from June 11th through June 18th. They're going to close Toy Story Mania so they can work on that entrance which to me is insane because I know they have to do it. I know it's got to be done, but that is a major, major ride, and that is something that people love to do. And so to close it, that's going to be insane. So that'll be happening over in Toy Story Land. Toy Story Mania uh, will be closing for a week or so, which it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It really will be crazy. Um, over in Magic Kingdom, they release something brand new. Now, fast passes is the fast passes, of course, aren't brand new. We've had those for a while, but the fast pass system is something where you do them sixty days in advance, and uh, you know it's something that you if you don't jump on it like sixty days in advance, a lot of times you don't get fast passes. Flight of Passage, um, you know, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, uh, even Space Mountain on busier days, some of the fast passes go very very fast. And I've done fast passes for many clients, probably hundreds of clients. 
uh, doing their fast passes for them. You know, as, as part of my magical travel planning services, getting up at six in the morning and not getting online, and literally within I don't know twenty seconds, every flight of passage fast pass will disappear over a week of vacation. And I'm talking busier weeks like July Fourth, Thanksgiving, things like that. But uh, it goes that quickly. It goes that fast. So you got to be right on it. So for people who are buying one day tickets, a lot of times it's harder to get fast passes because you know maybe you're buying day of. And so what they did because going into Magic Kingdom and, and getting a fat day of fast pass. It means you're not going to get any of the big ones. They're not going to give you. You're not going to find a, a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train fast pass unless somebody cancels it. And you know, you look on your your fast pass uh, area of my Disney experience, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's like a 9:55 p.m. fast pass or something for your family of four or whatever. But now with one day Magic Kingdom tickets, they are giving you the option to purchase. Uh, not purchase, excuse me, you get these free, you'll get a, a fast pass bundle with your tickets. Now, the way it works is you same price for your ticket as a regular regular uh, ticket, but you have to use it within a certain time period of like a day or so. So it's not even like you get weeks to use it, you have to use it within a day. Now, the Magic Kingdom has different bundles, and you can use these for any of these bundles. And here's the bundle, you choose which one you want. Fantasyland Classics includes Small World, Dumbo, and Mad Tea Party. Futuristic and Frightful Fun is Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, Haunted Mansion, and Tomorrowland Speedway, the Pint Size Adventure Packet, Barnstormer, Aladdin, and the Pirates, Whimsical Escapades, Escapades, uh, Under the Sea with Journey of the Little Mermaid, Winnie the Pooh, and Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. So you pick one of those when you purchase your Magic Kingdom ticket. Over on Epcot, you can actually get Immersive Explorations with Spaceship Earth, Living with the Land, and the Seas with Nemo and Friends, or... Delightful Encounters, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Turtle Talk with Crush, and Journey into Imagination with Figment. Don't sleep on that Turtle Talk with Crush. A lot of people don't know much about that one, but I highly recommend it. I think it's a hidden gem. It's a lot of fun. It's a little area, a little room you go in, you sit on the benches, and Crush comes to the window. It's it's a, it's a screen. Comes to the window, and he talks to you, but not just talks to you. He interacts with you and the children and everything. It's wonderful. It's technology that I don't fully understand, and I'm not going to explore the magic for you by going into it, but that's what happens there. It's pretty exciting, so so check that out if you can. Hollywood Studios has the sensational stage shows Beauty and the Beast, Frozen Sing-Along, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. The movie-inspired entertainment is Muppet Vision 3D, Star Tours, and Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, and the Animal Kingdom, Prehistoric Whitewater Thrills, Dinosaur, Collie River Rapids, and Primeval World, and the wild performances get you a fast pass to the Festival of the Lion King, the Finding Nemo the Musical, and It's Tough to be a bug. There are some restrictions with the one-day Fast Pass. One is that you have to use it within the day of the ticket purchase, so you can't buy it months months in advance and use the pre-selection. You can't make your Fast Passes and then get a bundle with this ahead of time. But uh, there's no extra charge to, charge with it so far. So if you're going to buy a one-day ticket, you have to buy a day off. Don't don't you know, get one of these. Try to knock it out. And I think now these are not these are not the most popular attractions. Obviously, if there was a you know a bundle with uh, chills and thrills, where you could get Space Mountain, Big Thunder, and Seven Doors Mine Train or something. That would be immensely popular. A lot of these attractions aren't as popular. Some of these I see, like Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin. Sometimes Fast Passes are hard for that. Haunted Mansion, um, you know, looking across this here, uh, the Frozen Sing-Along, uh, Dinosaur, Color River Rapids. Sometimes those Fast Passes go faster. But typically, you're always going to be able to find a Fast Pass for the Imagination with Figment, or Small World, or Aladdin, or Under the Sea Journey, Journey of Little Mermaid. Well, fast passes for those are pretty readily, readily available. So my theory is, this is a theory, I'm just thinking, my theory is they're kind of testing the waters on this to see if it works, how it works, and how it rolls out, because I think there's a chance, who knows, that they may decide, they may decide to, uh, uh, to charge for fast passes in the future. I don't know that. 
but it's a guess, and it would not shock me if that's the case. Because I will tell you this, and this is something that, that came out last week. Disney's projections uh, came out, and they're making money hand over fist. They're making a lot, a lot, a lot of money. A lot of money, and even with all the additions, the the you know the the uh, parking, the, the parking fees they've instituted, and they've uh, you know charged for this, they've gone up on ticket prices, gone up on rates. They're still getting record numbers of people going in there, record merchandise sales, things like that. It's happening. It's crazy. Um, the movie division, of course, is gangbusters. I don't know if you've paid attention, but Infinity Wars is, is ruling the universe right now. Uh, and looking at the the all time box office hits, box office uh, domestic, which again, I, and I've talked about this on previous episodes. I'm a nerd when it comes to this. I love boxofficemojo.com. I love looking at these charts just because the money is so much. I can't wrap my mind around it. There's just numbers, so it doesn't really even hit me. It doesn't hit me that the Avengers Infinity War has made $552 million at the box office. And that Black Panther is four less than four million, um, four million away from six hundred and from seven hundred million dollars. Um, it does. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. But that's where it is. Avengers: Infinity Wars eight on the all time box office list. It's uh, next step is six hundred million dollar mark, which I think it will make. Uh, number seven on that list actually is Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and that's six twenty. And Marvel's The Avengers. The first one's at six twenty three. So I have a feeling they'll jump both of those. We'll see this weekend how how much it slows down because not a lot's coming out. Deadpool's coming out this weekend when I record this. Uh, Deadpool is coming out, so that's gonna make a lot of money too. And so we may dethrone Infinity War as the number one movie in the world. All right, so here's a couple of stories for you at Disney World. Not the happiest stories in the world, but uh, stories nonetheless. Atlanta Sentinel reporting that the Night of Joy, the annual Christian music festival, is going to be ending this year. This is the final year for... Actually, no, it ended last year. This is the year that will not happen. Um, and they've had you know acts in the past. Team Chris Chapman, Amy Grant, Newsboys, uh, Kirk Franklin, Michael W. Smith, Striper... Uh, to hell with the devil. Casting crowns, they've all been there at Night of Joy. And it was an event that happened once a year in September. And they used to have it actually at Magic Kingdom and then Hollywood Studios and, um, and other places. And so basically it's a Christian music festival. You go there, you pay the ticket, you listen to the music, you ride the rides, that kind of thing. It's been there around 35 years. They actually called off the last night of the, the event last year because of Hurricane Irma uh, was rolling into town. The final performers of last year were Toby Mac and Mercy Me. And they haven't any announced any lineup for this year. And I don't think it's anything other than... They're just really, really busy in the fall. I don't think they have the time for it. I don't think they have the, the, the event for it. You know, they've got the Halloween parties going on. They've got the, the after-hour events going on at Magic Kingdom. They've got all, they want you in the parks. They don't want you at an event. They want you in the parks themselves because each park now has a nighttime event, Rivers of Light, or the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular, Fantasmic, you know, the Once Upon a Time and Happily Ever After fireworks and projection show, Illuminations. They want you in the park. And so I don't. I, I don't read anything into it. I don't read anything into it at all. I think it's just a matter of they're done with it. They're done with, with trying to put it together. And they've actually put a couple of these acts on Mercy Me, and somebody else is actually going to be in the um, in the, the Eat to the Beat concert of the Food and Wine Festival uh, happening all fall and everything. So who knows? Uh, Mercy Me and Turin Wells. I'm just looking online here. Turin Wells. Tar- I don't know Turin Wells. I love I, I loved late '90s, early 2000s, uh, contemporary Christian music. Toby Mac and uh, you know Amy Grant, Stephen Chris Chapman, right in my alley. I don't know who Taron Wells is, so whoever that is, if you want to go see them, they will be at the Eat the Beat concert series sometime this fall. In case you didn't hear, uh, Disney had a dragon catch on fire. Uh, <laughs> their Festival of Fantasy Parade is a parade that happens it happens uh, once a day, and it's a beautiful parade. It's a great parade. It's, it's in, It came out a couple of years ago, and the highlight of the parade is this 50-foot long, like 20 or 25-foot high, steampunk steel 
Maleficent Dragon that goes rolling out. And the way it's designed is really cool. Look look on, online, uh, Google it Google it up if you want uh, to look at it. But it's really, really cool because you actually can see a couple of people inside of the dragon, the way it's it's opened up, the way it's the way it's built. You can kind of see people pedaling and pushing buttons and things like that. And this dragon would come rolling through the Magic Kingdom around the parade route, and it would breathe fire. I mean, fire would shoot out of its mouth, and did this. It was wonderful. I mean, they have gotten so much praise for this dragon, for this parade. It's a wonderful parade. I've seen it a couple of times. I loved it. However, last week, uh, the dragon caught on fire. <laughs> Literally caught on fire. The head was aflame, and there were pictures and videos of it. I had a client down there, actually, that I communicated with her, and she told me, um, and, and I'm not making this up, I quote, uh, Mickey and Minnie kept dancing and singing. But we didn't get pictures because the seven dwarves were ushering the crowds away. <laughs> so Disney had a game plan for, for everything, including what happens if your dragon catches on fire. But I'm hoping that Disney does not take this as a sign where it's not safe. I'm hoping they don't look at this and say, oh, we can't do this anymore because of the fire. I'm hoping they will just retool it. Now, Disney is very good when it comes to safety. They are they are over the top when it comes to safety for many reasons. Obviously, they don't want to get sued, but also they don't want you to get hurt. They want you to have a good time. So, you know, their safety precautions are what they are. I'm afraid that Disney is going to look at this dragon and say, you know what? It's not worth it. We got fire shooting out of its mouth. Let's not take the chance. No more fire. I'm hoping they retool it. They refix it. They rebuild it. Do whatever they need to do. And have the dragon back out there again, breathing fire, because it's a cool, cool thing. So I'm hoping the dragon will come back. Whispering Canyon was in the news this week as well, because this is the power of the internet, by the way. We got the word that Whispering Canyon was stopping the antics and the shenanigans. Now, if you've ever been to Whispering Canyon Cafe, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, it's a great little cafe over in the Wilderness Lodge Resort, which is in the Magic Kingdom area. Um, you can actually stay at Wilderness Lodge and take a boat to the Magic Kingdom or to the Contemporary. Fort Wilderness is right there as well. I, I love Fort Wilderness and Wilderness Lodge, one of my favorite resorts. It's a, it's a great resort. They have a restaurant in there called Whispering Canyon, and they are very known for their antics. Uh, things like if you ask for ketchup, they will ask children in the audience, children in the room or whatever, to bring you ketchup. And so you literally will have anywhere from 15 to 18 bottles of ketchup on your table at one time. Uh, I asked for a, a, a refill on my Coca-Cola one, di- one time, and uh, she kind of she kind of you know, poked at me, and she was like, you really want a refill? Of course I do. You really want one? I do. She brought me a 64-ounce glass of Coke, a mason jar full of Coca-Cola, so big that the straw would not would sink into it. I couldn't, it was hard to drink, obviously. So she brought me that. You know, I've had people at my table ask for straws, and they just throw like five or ten straws on the table, just whatever. And it's, it's, it's fun. It can be a bit much, however. This is something that I think that the that, that detractors of this decision uh, are, are not seeing, that it can be a bit much. If you're just there, and especially if you don't know about Whispering Canyon, if you just go and you're thinking, oh, the menu looks good, let's have some of this smoked pork whatever or this fried chicken or whatever, and you get there and the servers are all over the place, all up in your face, throwing straws at you. There are kids running around the room doing a stick horse race, which they do once or twice during the meal. They bring you the big Coke, all the ketchup comes in there, they, they, they make fun and they, they poke fun or whatever. There's a lot that happens here. If you're not suspecting that, you're not aware of that, you don't know that was coming, that's a little much to handle. So, internet went crazy because they announced that Whispering Canyon was not going to do this anymore, and of course you got, uh, in my page actually, it's one of the most commented posts I've ever seen on my own page, the Disney, my Disney on a Dollar page on Facebook. People are talking about, you know, well, it's it's if you don't like it, you shouldn't go, and I can't believe that they're toning it down because of the complaints and so on. Or they're stopping it because of the complaints. Well, of course, the internet losing its mind, as it usually does, that's what happens. Disney has come out and clarified and said that they are not taking it away. They are kind of toning it down. 
So I don't know if you'll get all the ketchup. I don't know if every time you'll get the, the antics and the cheering and the whatever. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what kind of a difference it makes when they tone it down. Um, I went last uh, last March, I believe, I was up there or down there at Disney World. I went and had a good time. I actually was – I got a late-night Wilderness Lodge meal, a Whispering Canyon reservation. I think I, I got it at the last minute, so my reservation was like 8.45 or something, and the place was full. And they kind of took me off into the corner down a little hall into another room, so I didn't really get the antics at all. I enjoyed my steak, enjoyed my potatoes. It was good. But um, So that's happening at Wilderness Lodge as well. Yacht Club had a lightning strike, not near, not on the light Yacht Club, but the Disney's Yacht Club did have a lightning strike in the area, so they had to evacuate the hotel. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was injured. By the way, on the dragon with the fire, nobody was injured there either, so everybody's good. Everybody's fine. Just uh, it's a crazy week at Disney. Talking Mickey Meet and Greet at Magic Kingdom now has silent. Uh, there was a place you could go to the Magic Kingdom, to the Mickey Meet and Greet. When you walk in the Magic Kingdom, take a right. There's City Hall. Go in there, and you can meet Talking Mickey, and Talking Mickey would talk to you which is creepy and awesome at the same time mickey talked to me there is of course a certain level or certain set of phrases they use and they will say them you know mickey will say them to you based on what you respond to them whatever and we talked about the we literally i talked to mickey mouse about the haunted mansion which was awesome when i went but technical technical difficulties uh guest confusion that kind of thing they decided to end this because they don't want you talking to mickey here let's say your six-year-old princess is talking to mickey here well, you go to Animal Kingdom the next day, and you see Mickey Mouse in the Animal Kingdom, uh, and Mickey does not talk to you. You're like the kid's like, "Why aren't you talking to me? You just talked to me yesterday. What's up?" So there was no no more talking Mickey, which is kind of sad. I like talking Mickey's. I kind of dug talking Mickey, but oh well. Final bit of news here, and this is something actually I, I think we can kind of. Uh, have a little more fun with. The Epcot space-themed restaurant has been confirmed by Disney. Sometime last week, they they confirmed that they're going to be building a new building um, between Mission Space and Test Track into uh, into Epcot. Now, if you go into, Ep- go into Epcot, go up the hill, past Spaceship Earth, the big ball, take a left. You're heading towards Test Track. Over on the left side, immediately you'll see uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure, and actually that's gone because they're going to be putting the Gardens of the Galaxy roller coaster there. Walk a little bit farther, and there's Mission Space. And a little farther there, some trees and some area there. That's where this ri- this restaurant is going to be. It's going to be a a, a restaurant uh, dominated by windows that look out into space. Whether these windows will be animated or not, we don't know. They might just be I- just regular images. We don't know. Uh, Disney revealed the restaurant will be operated by the same group, which operates other restaurants at Walt Disney World, including uh, Vianopoli over there at Epcot. Um, of course, all the construction going on here, this is just one more thing. In Epcot, Disney's actually building the Ratatouille ride over in the France Pavilion. They've got the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, as I mentioned. You know, they've looked at doing a new entry plaza for the park, which means they'll also be building hotels at the park entrance. So it's an overhaul for Epcot that has been sorely needed, something we've been wanting for years, and they're really just dumping into it right now. This is really the first big phase. Um, There's going to be multiple phases of this. The first phase expected to be completed by the park's 40th anniversary in 2022, which is going to be awesome. So... We'll see what's happen. We'll see what happens with this restaurant. There's no name for it. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a space-themed restaurant. Let's look now at some Disney history. You know how I love my Disney history. And in May 15th of 1928, Plain Crazy, Walt Disney World's Walt Disney's first silent short to feature Mickey and Minnie Mouse premieres as a sneak preview at the theater on Sunset Boulevard in California. The film was a parody of the Charles Lindbergh craze back in the 20s. Charles Lindbergh was all the rage and cost $1,772 to make. And of course, featured the very first appearance of Clarabella Cow, directed by Walt Disney and his pal Ub Iwerks. Uh, Iwerks is given the credit as the main animator, although he was assisted by other people as well. This is the last project that some of the animators use as they actually jump the ship 
to join Charles Mintz. This is uh, this is the same Charles Mintz as we've referred to before that has that had went and stole animators out from under Walt Disney back in the late twenties uh, when Walt Disney went to New York to sign a new deal for his uh, his some of his stuff that he was doing. Um, Disney had. Uh, you know, Charles Mintz had swiped his animators, including two of the guys that worked on this as well. So, Sound would later be added to Plane Crazy and officially released for real in March 1929, four months after Steamboat Willie. So, this is not really the official debut of Mickey. Uh, Steamboat Willie is kind of considered Mickey's birthday from there. That's the first time he appeared in a cartoon with Sound um, back in December of 1928, way back when. So, let's actually look a little something a little bit more recent. No, you know, it's something kind of sad. I can't believe it's been, what, 38, 28 years now? But uh, Muppet creator, filmmaker, and television producer Jim Henson died of pneumonia this week in 1990, less than 24 hours after being rushed to a New York hospital. He was 53 years old, and he was misdiagnosed earlier in the week and put on antibiotics. Um, had he been put on antibiotics... People think Henson would have survived, but because of the misdiagnosis, he didn't get the help he needed, and he, he passed away. Um, millions of viewers watched the memorial service on PBS. Dozens of celebrity, celebrities were there for, for you know, paying their respects as well. He was completing negotiations with the Disney company to include the Muppets at the theme parks at the time of his death. And what I gather, and this is maybe not exactly what happened, but uh, they were going to be doing a, a Muppet area. Not just a Muppet Vision 3D, but a Muppet area. Uh, in, in Hollywood Studios where the Muppets are. It's going to be a Muppet courtyard, like maybe a Muppet ride, a Muppet restaurant, that kind of thing with Jim Henson. Well, when he passed away, negotiations kind of fell through a little bit, and the Henson family were not fans of Disney. Now, Jim was. Most of the other family were not. So those negotiations fell through. They did Muppet Vision 3D, which actually opened this week in 1991. Um, it opened up. It's a 500-plus seat in multimedia 3D, 3D, 3D theater. Ah, pff, try that again. It's a 500-plus seat multimedia 3D theater located uh, over in the Muppet Courtyard courtyard area now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Henson family was not a fan of the Disney family, so that kind of fell through. So who knows what we could have gotten. Uh, Muppet, I mean, Muppet Ride would have been fantastic. Uh, you know, Muppet Restaurant would have been great, too. I know they have Pizza Rizzo, which is over there in, uh, where Pizza Planet used to be. Of course, they took out Pizza Planet because... That's a Toy Story thing, and they want all Toy Story stuff to be actually in Toy Story Land. Pizza Rizzo was there. Rizzo the Rat, the Muppet character, kind of themed after him. I- I've never been there to that one, but I've heard that the food is not that good. So, yeah. And this week in 1991, Disney's Port Orleans Resort French Quarter opened up for the first time. Of course, it was part of the Port Orleans Resort, which was also called Dixie Landings as well. Um, Dixie Landings was a big resort. They opened this up as French Quarter. They opened up three buildings, which had about 430 rooms. Eventually, it would be seven buildings total, which would increase the total to 1,008 rooms over there in Walt Disney World. Uh, over Located in the Disney Springs area, it's kind of a recreation of the streets and row houses of New Orleans French Quarter. Uh, the Saskagoola Fireworks and Food Factory opened up. It's the food court. The Jackson Square Gifts and Desire Shop also opened up. Another little cafe opened up as well. 2001, it was it was renamed Port Orleans Resort when it merged with Dixie Landings Resort. So all that was all there together. You have Port Orleans Riverside, you have French Quarter, it was all Dixie Landings, and now it's two different things. Uh, but they're there together. You can actually walk one to the other. I am a huge fan of French Quarter. I love Port Orleans French Quarter because it's comfortable. It's a beautiful resort. It's also small. I love the idea that you can be on the furthest room at Port Orleans French Quarter and just walk Three, five, ten minutes to the food court and back. I love that. There's also a boat there that will take you to Disney Springs. The downside is the French Quarter sometimes is not included into um, in in promotions and things like that. So sometimes you don't get promotions and you don't get discounts and everything with French Quarter. But I've stayed there a couple of times. It's my favorite. 
I would probably say it's my favorite resort. It's overall my favorite resort. It's by far my definite, definite my favorite moderate resort. So, so there you go. There's your update for Disney news for the week. Uh, contact me, magical on a dollar podcast at gmail.com if you have anything to add to the news, or you can email me, magical on a dollar at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to help you make your Disney plans. I've got eight packets going out today, mail packs of just fun stuff, maps and stickers and things and fun things that I threw into an envelope for all my clients because I've got seven or eight families leaving in the next ten days, which is crazy. Uh, of course, uh, for people that have their trips coming up in November, we got Fast Passes and we got Dining coming up. Um, well, the Dining's coming up for November. we got Fast Passes coming up for families in July, so I've got a busy time ahead of me going to that conference, doing Fast Passes, doing Dining, and all that, of course, is a part of your Disney package when you book with me, David Dollar, your friendly magical travel planner. I'm be happy to help you. Magic on the dollar gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Disney on the dollar. Find me on the Instagram at Magic on the dollar. Find me on the Facebook Disney on the dollar and Magic on the dollar. And don't forget to visit my sponsor, Amy Campbell at MyResumeLady.com. You can visit, visit her, Amy, at MyResumeLady.com or just visit MyResumeLady.com and she will help take care of you when it comes to your resumes, your marketing, your websites, your LinkedIn, all that good stuff. She is a pro with this. She's helped hundreds of people do that. Her and her team have done this for almost 10 years now. They are fantastic at what they do. Uh, Amy is wonderful and adorable and everything and she'd be happy to help you. Tell her I sent you. Uh, send your resume over there and tell her I sent you and uh, I, she won't offer you a discount but she will say thanks and I will say thanks to you as well. I'll send you a sticker. Let me let me know that you, you got over there with Amy and connected with her, and I'll send you a sticker. That sounds good? Sounds good. All right, so there you go. There's your uh, Disney news for the week. We'll see you next week, and don't forget to thank a Venetian.